Get out of Maria with Coach Saban. All right, Coach, everyone had questions about who was going to start at quarterback when this game started. What answers did you have about your quarterbacks after watching both of them play tonight? Well, I still like both guys. I think both guys are good players. I think both guys can help our team. All right, so why do you continually try to get me to say something that doesn't respect one of them? I'm not going to, so quit asking. I'm not going to, so quit asking. So quit asking. It was it was a female, man. You could have you could have done that interview a, a lot more cleaner than that. He was tired of asking. He was tired of y'all asking. She was just doing her job. You, you could have handled it a lot more better. Y'all trying to make him do something. He's not gonna do it. So quit asking. Hey man. I wish I could tell my wife that something. <laughs> Insane. You told me about the trash. <laughs> I've been sitting here watching football. I'm not gonna do it. So quit asking. <laughs> Wait till after the game. Oh man! Hey, you know what? That clip is actually perfect considering what the team is going through right now. Right. Matter of fact, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Welcome back, man. Welcome back. We're Glad two. We're man. two man weaving it again. My guy Pump is out. He should be stopping in in about an hour or so. But okay. he's, he's currently out right now. Me and Breeze are two man weaving it, man. Welcome back. Holding it down. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. It was very convenient, though. I must say that you uh, missed was last it? week. Was it? it I mean. People had questions. That's all I'm going to say. I had questions you for had the questions. show. I had Florida State questions. You didn't, you didn't send them. You didn't send no, them. No, I didn't. I didn't. It's all right. all right. Welcome one. Welcome all. Welcome near. Welcome far. Welcome to the number one sports podcast in the world. Burr. And we get amped up around this time of year, man. It's football season, man. We're back. We're back. It was a long summer, fellas. But we up now. Oh, we back we, up. City Boys is up. We're going to be tweeting. So women, y'all better get off Twitter because it's on and popping. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's straight sports pretty much from here on out. All right. So, and based on the uh, the intro, we we're obviously talking about Bama football uh, this week. But before we get into all of that, let's shout out our sponsors: the Red Lady Rum Punch, which is the official beverage of the Somebody Said podcast. Also, we are sponsored by Window to Wall Solution, where they build a dream home for a reality price. <sighs> Nothing? Man, I had, a, I had to go over to, to one of the projects the other night. I get a phone call from a neighbor. I think somebody's sleeping in the house. Huh. It's always something, man. So it's homeless people sleeping in the property? Uh, How did you handle that? I, nobody was asleep. There was a guy in there working at 10 p.m. with literally all the lights on in the house. Trying to get the job done, man. Bro, there's a noise ordinance. You cannot be doing legitimate work at 10 p.m. This might sound racist. Was he Mexican? I'm not answering the question. No, he wasn't. And that is one that's racist. Two, he was not Mexican. Was he Jamaican? No, he wasn't Jamaican either. Was he of American descent? Yes. (laughs) I got nothing, (laughs) bitch. My man's in there working at 10 p.m. Like, bro, you can't be doing that, man. You got to get out of here. All right. It's always something. Shout out to Window to Wall Solution. 
Also, follow us on Twitter at Somebody Said Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Somebody Said Podcast. Subscribe to the website. And uh, uh, also sorry. the TikTok. Also the TikTok at mm-hmm. Somebody Said Podcast, I believe. And the YouTube, Somebody Said Sports. We definitely need subs we, on the YouTube. Especially this time of year. It's going to be a lot of content. Oh, we, my I, I feel like we've been slacking on the socials, but I feel like it's time. We're going to amp it up. Oh, yeah. I also have an idea that I'm going to pitch to you guys about a Friday night live show. Huh. Do you care to share or is this an off off the record thing? For I, I want to run it by you guys first. Right. I want to run it by y'all first before I, I throw it out to the people. But, you know, maybe, you know, y'all viewers, keep your eyes out for some on Friday nights for college football. I kind of got an idea. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. And like I said, check out the website. There's a lot on the website. We'll, it's also high school football season, so we'll be getting a lot of high school content up on the website pretty soon. Uh, a lot of good – Lakewood's got a, a, a whale of a schedule, so we'll definitely check out a lot of their games as well as other local games, and we'll provide content. I got some teams I want to see in the area for sure. Uh, Clearwater? I, I heard they got a good team. Uh yeah, Clearwater. I want to see Clearwater International too. Clearwater Academy International. They always churn churn out a lot of D one guys. Yeah, they have. Uh, they've got a couple old linemen that are going D one for sure, and they got a safety that's committed to Miami. Okay. And then you got Tampa Catholic over in Tampa that's loaded. They got that wide receiver committed to uh, Clemson. They recently. have like three receivers going D one, and I think they have a corner going to Bama. Grimsley, I think his last name is Grimsley. Yeah, yeah. And then Carolwood Day has got some kids that funny, are legit. Funny thing, my former uh, high school coordinator is actually the the, uh, the offensive coordinator at uh, Carroll Day. Oh, what? Yeah, uh, Coach uh, Brinson. Why have we not got him on the show? You I, always I'm, do I'm that. Not in, I'm not oh, in, yeah, I know so-and-so. I'm not in communications. But I, I went to a game last year, and I— I didn't realize he was the offensive coordinator there. Okay, well, get in communication. I'll, with I'll him. find it. We'll get him on there. But they, I want I want field pass. They're all right. Chill I want, out. I want, I want immediate pass. Then somebody said fan base. They want to see field footage. We'll work on some stuff. We'll all right. Work. All right. All right. Um, without further ado, let's get into the Bama series. And here come the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Is is that Vern? That's your best Vern? I don't know. Vern, Brent. What are those? One of, one of those guys. They're dusty. One of them dusty dudes. That's actually one of the best things they do. All right. The Alabama Crimson Tide finished the 2022 season by convincingly beating Kansas State 45-20 to 20 in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Even though they finished 11-2, and two, many people around the program said that that was an underachieving year by their standard. Uh, they didn't win the SEC title, nor did they reach the uh, postseason for the first time since the playoff format was uh, presented. Hmm. Nevertheless, it, it's still Bama. Still Bama. They still going to show up. They still going to have guys. Can we just put a blanket statement? Like, before we say anything about Bama, is it still Bama? And it's still Nick Saban. I was I was just gonna mention that. <laughs> okay. uh, a lot of pieces have have moved around Nick. Yeah. He, uh, Pump, our very own, has called him the the human uh, money launderer. So <laughs> things may change, but as long as Saban is there, you can't really worry about uh, right. what Bama's gonna do for that upcoming year. I know um, a lot of people make a big deal when they lose a game, but yeah. 
you you might not want to think they're going to lose two or three. Yeah, you know, after that one game, because Saban, one thing he does, he he knows how to get his guys up to play a football game, and he knows how to put coaches into uh, positions to be successful and leave. So yeah. uh, he's got. I think two new offensive coordinators this year. Tommy Reese is the uh, OC, and um, Breeze helped me out here. Who's the Who's the other new guy? Um, oh, he just the guy who just on. left Miami, the older dude. You said he was washed up. Oh, come on, that's bad. This is bad podcast. No, nah, it's fine. The the new uh, DC, formerly of Clemson and Miami. We can't. Oh, what is his name? And I can see his face too. He's a he's a no Kevin uh, Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele. I was just about to say it. So yes. he's got two new uh, coordinators, and he he will most likely uh, resurrect uh, their careers. Likely, yeah. So, well, look, I mean, Tommy Reese just came from a Notre Dame team that actually had a pretty good season. So, and Reese is still fairly young. It's crazy. Like we actually watched Tommy Reese play. Uh, yeah. And now he's a former quarterback. Yeah, you know he's like a legit coordinator now at Alabama. It's kind of crazy. We're getting old. I don't. I don't I'm not going to admit that. Uh, I will. I'm getting old. Hey, anywho, the one thing that doesn't get old at Bama is seeing uh, NFL quarterbacks. Ooh. So I think that'll be a good way to start out. Um, they've had an embarrassment of riches, to say the least, uh, in the last couple years. Actually, since Jacob Coker, who probably was their worst quarterback. <sighs> In recent memory, yeah, they've had Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. Mac Jones, mm-hmm. Tua Tungavailoa, mm. and recently the number one draft pick in Bryce Young. Mm. So that position has always been a staple. It, it's always been uh, along with running back, but we'll probably we'll get into that as well. But Bama always has a good quarterback. Now looking at this year, there's a question mark there, and I'm going to toss it to you to uh, kind of kick it off. When you look at that quarterback room currently uh, going into 2023, uh, who do you think should be the guy? Ooh, who do I think should be the guy? That's actually a tough one. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make a pick here that probably isn't it's going to be contradictory. I want to say I think it should be Jalen Milrow. Now, I'm for, with you. For okay, Oh, you agree? Yeah. Okay. So for those who don't know, it's Jalen Milrow, he he's competing with Ty Simpson. Who is a former high level recruit? That five, star, in. Out of, five star. Five star Tennessee. He's competing with Tyler Buckner, who transferred after the spring from Notre Dame. So he's familiar with Tommy Reese. I can see why some people are like, hey, let's go with him, right? Right. He started games for Notre Dame last year. You've seen him perform at the collegiate level. The reason I'm gonna I'm going with Jalen Milrow is because of what the Alabama offense is gonna be. It's gonna be a run first. Like, this is going to, their philosophy, I think, is going to go back to what they used to be mm-hmm. seven, eight years ago, where it's, we're going to pound the rock at you. We're going to overwhelm you with physicality and our elite running backs, and then we'll throw the ball as needed. And if that's going to be the case, I'm going to say, give me Jalen Milrow, because he's another running threat as well. Right. That's what I was going to say. He he not only possesses the arm to make the necessary throws, but like you said, they're going to lean a lot more on the running game. So they're not going to require him to to win a game like how Bryce willed them in, in the Tennessee game and the uh, the Texas game last year. Yeah, He's just got to not turn over the ball. Nick Saban likes a quarterback that, that protects the football and makes smart decisions, but also make things happen with, with their legs. Because if you look at 
Tua, you look at Jalen, and even Bryce, they they all knew how to protect the ball and made plays with their legs. One of his longest runs um, last year was 77 yards. Arkansas? So, that the Arkansas game? I, that, Not sure? Sure. I know he had, a, he had a really long win against yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, so it might have been. But, be yeah, he could, he could break out, open a game with his legs. So I don't think they're going to ask much of him um, out the gates. Now, if I think – if Nick Saban and that staff sees where he's comfortable with the playbook, they might open it up a lot more. But I do think they'll lean on the run and use his legs as well. Yeah, I mean, and it's interesting you mentioned the Jalen Hurst thing because that's probably the best comp of the quarterbacks that they've had. Right. That's that's definitely the best comp you can give him. That accuracy, though, it's got to come around. It's, it's, I mean, is it is it enough? Have you seen enough to kind of make a, a decision on his accuracy? Did you watch the Texas A&M game? So I, I've, I've gone back. I watched the Texas A&M game, which they almost lost. I went back and I watched the Arkansas game. He can make some throws. <laughs> but you don't want him to make throws. Oh, my land. <laughs> There's some other ones. It's like, bro, first of all, what were you thinking? And obviously, he got thrown into the fire a little bit, right? Because I'm sure he did not go into last year expecting to have to play any legitimate snaps. And out of nowhere, he's having to start a few games. Right. Bryce gets hurt and Bryce couldn't go. So that accuracy's definitely got to take a big step forward just to make teams – Think you might throw the ball because right. if teams, you know, you 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 look at who they play, and I'm sure we'll get into the schedule and stuff right. like that. They're going to go against some teams who are going to be like, "No, we're going to load the box. Let's see what you got." Hey, I dare you to throw it over our heads. I dare you, and especially when you look at, we've all said the receiver room last year left a lot to be desired. So right. it's like. We're not really afraid of your receivers. I think the receivers will be a little bit better. But we're not scared of your receivers. You don't have a Julio Jones or Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. Ridley. You are a Calvin Ridley. You don't have that. And I don't think your quarterback can throw like that. Yeah. He's going to get the Anthony Richardson treatment. And he's going to load the box. And I think teams will be stubborn about it. Yeah, you might beat me once because you, you have a guy that's a five-star on the outside and he made a play. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you made a great throw. Correct. Or you hit a guy on the slant and he did all the rest of the work. We're still going to come up and play bump and run and stuff the box. And you're just going to have to keep doing it over and over. And the more you try to make difficult throws with in tight windows, the more we get to turn the ball over. Yeah. So... And I'm also like I was going to ask you this as well. Do you think it's going to be a short leash on that on that position? Because Nick Saban, <laughs> I think Nick Saban, he, he's the way we started out the show. He he has a short temper with people, and yeah. I don't think he's going to sit there and watch a position go into flames and not pull the string on it. So what's what's the what's the leash looking like? I was literally first of all, I was literally about to ask you that. I was literally the, the the question was formulated as you were talking. I don't know because do you want him looking over his shoulder half the season? Like, do you would you not want to say, look, we are all in on you. We know you have some deficiencies. We're gonna be a little bit. Pay-. You're like, nah. I don't think Nick Saban <laughs> coddles his players. How do you know why I asked you that? You will bench anybody. You <laughs> you mean, have no you, conscience when it comes. If you to play me. for Uncle Shay, you better have thick skin. Well, you will bench your own son with no hesitation. I'll bench my starters. Like <laughs> you don't care. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta okay. perform. I mean, I don't know. It's tough because what you don't want, obviously, in every in every room especially in football, you want competition, right? Right. Competition breeds excellence. 
And so they're competing. They competed through the spring. They're competing through the summer. They're competing through fall camp. To me, if you have a quarterback like this who wasn't an incumbent for the job, and now you're you're saying, hey, we're going to roll with you, I would like to see, hey, we're with you, right? Unless something catastrophic happens, we're with you. Now, if he's going in games and the passing accuracy is a problem, I don't think you can pull him for that because you knew that was going to be a problem. Now, if he's going in there and he's fumbling the ball or he can't, you know. He's nervous. He can't do basic stuff, things that you would expect him to be able to do. Okay, fine, pull him. But if he is who we think he has been or who he's shown himself to be, which is an inaccurate passer, but an elite runner and an athlete, as long as he's being the things that he has been, I think you got to ride with him. We've seen Nick Saban have quarterbacks look over. Like Jalen Hurts, he was looking over at Tua. Which is where the the clip came from. Quit asking. Yeah, so it's going to happen. Like Nick yeah. is all about winning, so that yeah. that'll be interesting to watch. Before uh, before we move on from quarterback, though, do you do you think the quarterback situation can drastically change the outlook of this team? Like, do you think like the people around him are so good, the roster is is still Bama, it's still saving right. the quarterback. We're talking about maybe a one to two game swing. Or are we talking about like? A four-game swing, like just a quarterback room. No, because it's still a Nick Saban. I, I think that's going to be a thing I'm going to say all night. It's a Nick Saban coach team. So okay. he will find – he's he's like a Belichick. Like, yeah. Remember that game, Belichick ran the ball the whole game. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> Nick Saban will do something like that. He'll okay. find a way to win games. And okay. I, I think he coaches up his coaches so much to where, like, if you have a deficiency somewhere else – there's other things around that you could kind of finesse to kind of win games. Okay. Now, there's certain games you're going to have to have the quarterback make plays, but I think for the most part, they'll still find a way. Okay. All right. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, the wide receiving uh, room. Um, like you said, there's not a, a Florida guy that they came and stole from us to mold into the next grade. Well, there is one. The, the I mean, best receiver is a Florida guy. He's but he's not, he's not a Florida guy. He's not a Calvin <laughs> yeah, Ridley. Yeah. I, okay, okay. But um, the leader in the room last year was uh, Jermaine Burton. 40 catches, 677 yards, seven touchdowns. But closely behind him was Ja'Cory Brooks with yeah. 39 catches, 674, and eight touchdowns. Um, between those two guys, who's another – Give me another person in that room that has to step up, and wh- who who will take the lead between those two guys? I'll t- I'll answer the second question first. I'm rolling with Jacory Brooks. I'm rolling with Jacory Brooks because I feel like the talent has been there. It's always been there. I remember when Jacory Brooks was at Booker T. Washington, and he was lighting it up. He can't. Oh, he was the guy that beat Lake. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah and that was his junior year. He wasn't even a senior that year, uh-huh. and he took that game over playoff game here at Lakewood. And then he went to IMG, and he didn't really tear it up at IMG. But a lot of receivers don't tear it up at IMG. They're, they're a running team. They're going to kill you in the talent. trenches. Yeah. And there's a lot of talent, right? Yeah. Too many guys get touches. But I think the talent's there. The physical profile is definitely there. He's about 6'3", if I remember correctly. He's got speed. He's got hands. And I think now I'm, I, I would imagine what they've been saying all offseason, we can't just depend on – Oh my gosh! I just had a, a brain fart. 
Uh, Jalen uh, Milrow? No, uh, Bryce Young. Oh. Bryce's not yeah. here no more. Right, right, right. right? Yeah. We can't just say, well, Bryce will figure it out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bryce will make a play. No, 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 no. You can't do that anymore. Like, you guys literally have to perform, and I think he's got the highest ceiling in that room. Your first question, I'm going to go with a young guy who popped up last year. He's going to be a, a true sophomore this year. I'm going to go with Kobe Prentice. Okay. He showed flashes last year. It was inconsistent, which they were all inconsistent. But I think Kobe Prentice, he's going to be the second, the third guy, technically. The, the, the H. The H. S- something like yeah. He'll be, yeah, the, the third guy. He's, he's going to play in a slide. He's 5'10", so he's not that big. But if you have a quarterback who can't really carve teams up, the, the best thing you can do for him is the quick pass game. So if you got a, a slot guy and a Kobe Prentice screens, quick slants out of the RPO and stuff like that, I think he can, from a, a volume standpoint, really you know make some damage in terms of the receiving numbers. Okay, I mean, it's not a, a it's going to have to be a team effort. Obviously, oh, yeah. there, there's no household names. Um, I would like to see. I, I wrote an article last year about Jermaine Burton, and he let me down. Yeah. So the former uh, <laughs> Georgia, he's a track guy, so yeah. he, he could take the top off. He he dropped a lot of passes last year. Yeah, the drops. He's. I, I think he has that competitive edge because you left Georgia to go to Alabama. So obviously, you you're not running from competition. Yeah, uh, you you wanted to be coached by the best. A lot of a lot of receivers came through Alabama and went went on to be first round wide receivers. So you wanted that tutelage. So I think he's going to kind of take last year as a chip on his shoulder because coming into this year, you're going to be what a redshirt junior. Uh, you're going to be the leader in the in that in that uh, room, and I think he's going to take it personal. And I think he has a lot of weapon. He he's a great route runner. He's like I said, could take the top off. You got to work on the hands. That's your your job as a wide receiver is to catch the ball. So I, I would hope he's worked on that, and I I could see him going over a thousand yards if I had to kind of put a okay. number. Okay. Um, and I also wanted to shout out shout out our guy from Lakewood. He probably won't start, but I think he might, you know, see a couple more minutes. Amari in the black, uh, they got him at tight end right now. He's third on the depth chart, but he he had a good spring. So I think the opportunity is going to be there for him to see touches. Again, they also aren't returning a, a big-time tight end. And let's right. be honest, Alabama's not really known for big-time tight ends. But Cameron Latu was really good. I really like Cameron Latu, mm-hmm. and he's gone now. Right, he was a multi-year starter. He was a performer, especially in the red zone. He was always a threat. He did a really good job of just finding the hole in the zone and just standing there. And then Bryce being Bryce, and Bryce would just find him. But that, I'm looking at that tight end room. There's no proven production in that room. So why can't Amari go steal some snaps? Right, and they don't look for they don't look for traditional tight end. They look for guys that's going to stretch the field. They don't Correct. they don't need a tight end to block because their offensive line is just. An Alabama offensive line. We don't need help. Yeah, I mean, and the guy they brought in. I mean, he he started twelve games for for Maryland, and I'm I'm not impressed by that. So Amari, look, it's a wide open room in my opinion. Yeah, and we've seen Nick Saban, like like we said with quarterback, he he will shuffle uh, the depth chart if if need be. If if a guy steps in and is making plays, he will he will move guys around. So hopefully he he gets an opportunity to to show what he could do. Yeah, I, I think they will. Before we move to move off of offense, I'm not sure if you're about to no, ready to transition. Ahead. I'm hearing a lot of chatter about this offensive line. A lot of chatter that people think this old line is going to be one of the best in the country. Huh. I'm not, I don't know if I'm willing to say that, but 
I do I do think they are going to need to be one of the better offensive lines in the country if this team is going to come anywhere close to Alabama standard. Again, we're talking about a quarterback who has known struggles as a passer. Where everybody in the country is assuming they're going to have to run the ball like crazy. Jace right. McClellan going to have to get on his horse. <laughs> Jace is about to get run into the ground. He about to get that Trent Richardson, Eddie Lacy treatment. Like, hey. bro, we need 30 carries a game. He hasn't played much, so he's got it in him. They're going to they're gonna pound. They're going to try and pound that rock with Jace. But that offensive line really has to step up. And I'm looking at the interior because on the, on the outsides, I think they're going to be fine. J.C. Latham is getting top 10 draft projections. I'm hearing that the five-star true freshman Caden Proctor, who came in at six foot seven, 354 pounds, is going to start at one of the tackle spots. I'm seeing him listed as a backup behind Elijah Pritchett right I, now. Nah, I think I think Caden gonna get that spot. Okay, I think it's it's a it's a it's still a battle, but I, I think he's gonna get that spot. But I'm looking inside. I'm looking at guys like Tyler Booker. I'm looking at guys like Darian Dalcourt. I'm looking at those guys on the interior of that line. Seth McLaughlin Jr., who has been there. I'm looking at those guys because when you talk about the run game, that's where it happens, right? And let's let's be honest, they play some big teams. You got Texas in week two, who their D tackle is, they're saying he's a top five D tackle in the nation, mm. right? You're going to play against Arkansas. Sam Pittman always has big guys in his trenches. You're going to play against LSU, who's got Mason Smith and, and Wingo, who are both, you know, projected draft picks. I think Mason Smith, one, had the best high school tape for a D-tackle I've ever seen. Yeah, he's just got to be healthy this year, man. I think he's the best D-tackle in the country, and I don't think it's that close. You know, that hopefully, kid is Hopefully nasty. he's the best week uh, two. <laughs> I, and, I, and I hope he balls out week one. So, you know, you're going to go up against some legitimate defensive yeah. tackles. The interior of that line has got to step up. They've got to be able to create rushing lanes, and they got to be able to give Jalen Miro a chance to 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 go through progressions and do what he needs to do. Do you think do you think the offensive line for Bama throughout the years have been like the unsung hero for these teams? Absolutely. I think that's the most consistent position group. Like there's a lot of consistency with Bama, right? But mm-hmm. the rock of that those teams I feel like has been that offensive line and yes. it doesn't get talked about enough. No, like, they I mean like is the guy that transferred from uh, Bama to uh, Cohen. Uh, Javion Cohen. Will he start for you guys this oh, 100%. year? 100%. You're transferring out starters. Yeah. Like, it just, it has to be good, like you said. If, if yeah. that offensive line isn't great, you might be looking at one of the worst seasons, but I don't see that happening. I mean, even worse in terms of Alabama, yeah, right? Like so eight, we're talking uh, about like 10 and 3. Not, yeah, yeah, 10 and 3, 9 and yeah. 3 regular season, something like that. But, yeah, man, that offensive line, they are absolutely, I, I totally agree, unsung heroes. And even and I'm going to say the interior guys are really the unsung heroes because they've put tackles into the first round regularly, right? I yeah. mean, Evan Neal was a freak of an athlete and absolutely deserved to go where he went. But not all the time do people talk about the centers and the guards. Right. The center is the quarterback of that offensive line. That is the per, that's the, the piece that puts it all together. He's the centerpiece of that line. And those guys don't get nearly enough credit, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, quickly, before we get to defense, um, you mentioned the, the running back room and how big of a role they have to play as well. Uh, do you think Chase uh, McClellan, he, 
he gets a bulk of the load, or is it uh, going to be running back by committee? I think it's going to be heavy Jace. But I think Jace can do it. I think Jace has that ability. I mean, Jace was a, a, a really big-time recruit. He's 5'11", 212, so he's not a small guy from, you know, from the, you know, the, the profile I'm looking at. 5'11", 212, so he's got decent size. He can, he can carry the load. He's more of a traditional Alabama-style back, in my opinion, mm-hmm. as opposed to like a Jameer Gibbs, who was more of a speed scat guy. They, they use him a lot in the passing game. I think Jason McClellan can be more of a traditional running back, and uh, I think he's going to have to be. Because, I mean, behind him, there really isn't any production behind him. I'm actually him. rooting for the freshman, Richard Young. He was We yeah. wanted him at Florida State. And I, yeah. Nick Saban will play a freshman. If, if, if he's hitting home runs, he will play a freshman. But I don't think it's a lot of household names outside of that. No, it's really not. I mean, Jace went for 655 rushing yards last season. You know, in some of the lesser games, he has some that's know, 100 a, plus games. That's on a, a 112 carries. So but that's also being the backup guy, right. right? I mean, that's being, that was spelling Jameer Gibbs, who was a first round draft pick. Now it's, all right, you are the main guy. So I think the talent is there. I think he can deliver. Okay. Uh, let's shift over to defense before we hop into the schedule and, and make predictions. Okay. Uh, they had, they potentially will have four. Transfer starters on this defense. Um, Tresman Marshall, uh, linebacker from Georgia. He he probably will play middle linebacker um, for for them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey Amos from the Raging Cajuns. He'll be a corner across from Kool Aid. Who, Kool-Aid. by the way, Kool Aid might be the best corner in the country. I think he is. It, it's debatable, but him and Kalen King, right, are like the top two by far. I think so, um, but. I, me personally, I think he's the best guy when he's locked in. We've seen him get beat before, but when he's locked in, he's he's probably the most talented quarterback, cornerback in in the country this year. I'm fine with that. Um, they got the number one safety in the country in Kalen Downs. He came in early into spring ball. He's he's bulked up. He's he's the real deal. Yeah. Um, he will definitely be starting <laughs> starting at free safety. Yeah. Um, and along with Jalen Keys, who was a highly uh, recruited transfer um, Florida State won him out of UAB uh, They Bama beat us out for him He should start at that strong safety position Oh, you think he's going to take it over Malachi Moore? I think so Okay I think so Okay And I also like uh, Terry on Arnold at, at, at the slot corner Okay, so you think they're going to they gonna stick Terry in on the inside And then the Amos gets yeah, the outside yeah, corner Okay yeah. I think okay. so So I can see that I, The secondary is really strong But back to what I was saying uh, Out th- Based on all the transfers, who do you think is the is the probably the best transfer on that defense? Ooh. Including Kalen Dowd. He's not a transfer, but he's a newcomer. Uh I I'm I got I think I'm gonna go with Caleb. Bro, okay. I, I can't remember and maybe I'm not trying hard enough. Darwin I don't Davis. remember hearing a a freshman coming in getting this much preseason hype at Alabama. At Alabama. Julio. And how long ago was that? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's rare for a freshman not only to get to Alabama and you're getting snaps immediately, but we're talking about a starter at safety? And he looks the part. Oh, yeah. He doesn't look like a freshman. Oh, my gosh. He's like a grown man. Yeah. He works a, he, he's got a, he's a, a junior deacon at the church. <laughs> <laughs> he got a kid that just started VPK. Bro, like, smoking cigarettes. Man, like, no, he, he looks like an adult. Apparently, he's carried himself that way. 
I, I think he's probably a shoe in for freshman All American. Yeah, Just go ahead and give it to him if now. Type healthy. stuff, man. I think that kid Caleb Downs is going to be a dog, and the fact that they get him for at least three seasons is scary. But it's got to be nice if you're a, if you're a Ty fan and know that that position is locked up for three years. Yeah, man. That that secondary, I think personally, is the strongest position group on the team because you got oh, a yeah. guy like Earl Little. He's not even going to start. Uh, Tony Mitchell probably won't start. So no. there's there's five stars that's that's backing up guys. But that's normally what we expect out of Bama, right? Like, so the fact that Caleb is coming in and like, because he's he's getting burned in front of guy. Like Christian Story's been there, right? Christian Story was already there. There there are other guys who have already been there. They're part of the program, and this kid just shows up and is like, "Yeah, no, I don't care about none of that. I'm that guy. I don't care I, about none I'm of that. I'm him. <laughs> like, there's no hazing. <laughs> you won't be hazing me. I probably haze you, <laughs> bro. That's crazy. No, that kid Caleb Downs is nuts. Do you, you think Dallas Turner has an All American season? He needs to. He's a, he's a top ten pick if he does. He needs to. He he needs to. To me, you mentioned you mentioned Jared Verse off air. I yeah. think I think this is another dominant really? pass rusher on that level of a Jared Verse. But he didn't do it last year. He, he did it. This, he did it the year before. Ago. Was it because of uh, the guy across from him? See, was, and Will Anderson was a monster two years ago, but last year he kind of disappeared. They both kind of disappeared last gotcha. year, if you think about it. Like neither of them jumped off the page week to week. And I kept saying, we said it on this show. Where's Will Anderson? Where's Dallas Turner? Right. And they just were not those guys. They need Dallas Turner to be a guy this year because. I am I am uncertain about these linebackers. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't see a, a, the guy from Georgia. The traditional linebackers. Right. Right. But even but even Trez Tresman Marshall, the, the the transfer you're talking about, it's not like he was a a thirty game starter at Georgia. Which obviously he's he's probably really good. He gets the allure of coming from Georgia. But still, like I again, we talked off air about proven production. Right. There's not a lot of proven production. I know they call Dallas Turner outside linebacker. I say he's a he's really an edge rusher. Mm. Some people call it the Jack. You know, he's standing up, but mostly he's rushing the passer. To me, he needs to have a a really really good season because they they only have three oh, they only have three D linemen with starting experience coming back, which means that it's not the normal amount of depth we're expected to see. Uh, that we're we're usually used to. Jaheim Otis was an SEC All Freshman Team guy, but you don't want to throw a guy like uh, Keon Keeley, in a, a, a true wet behind the air freshman. You in, want him like passing, like you like third and long, right? Right. He's a pass rush specialist. Hey, just hey, go get the quarterback, right? Right. But he, you don't want him down at the down, setting the edge against some of these SEC offensive linemen. Man, what? Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of question mark, but it's once again. It's Bama. It's Bama. It's Bama. Got to say it. Do you have any other guys on this defense that we need to look at or we need to pay attention to? No, I think we touched it, man. I think the the position group to watch, if, if you're like, hey, who should I be wary of if there are any concerns, I think is that linebacker spot. Uh, the, the legitimate linebackers. I'm talking about the Will and your middle linebackers to say, what will those guys be? Because they they lost their starters, right? So gotcha. how would the the new guys step up? Do you think Kevin Steele is a good? Adi- I know you've had experience yeah. with Kevin Steele. Do you think he's a good addition to this defense? 
from from his from the experience of one season of him at Miami, the biggest thing for him is going to he's going to benefit from the fact that he's going into a culture that's already established. Okay. Part of the, the struggle at Miami was there was no culture, so he needed to be part of the culture creation. And I don't think he's at that point in his career where he was down for that. He's old. Correct. He's he, old. you know, <laughs> he's used to just dealing, you know, having elite talent Structure. and elite teams yeah. and. So I don't think he was up for that challenge. And then he's also going to benefit from having guys like a Kool-Aid McKinstry. One of the issues that we had with him in Miami was the defense were pretty vanilla. There wasn't a lot of flash and flare. There wasn't a lot of, you know, exotic blitzes and stuff like that. It was mostly like, hey, my guys are better than your guys type stuff. Yeah. And one thing you told me about him um, was he adjusts to the players that he has. Like he would he would run one scheme one game and then – Based on the team he played or the players he has, he'll he'll run a different scheme. But I think he'll have to do less of that, right? You're oh. going into first of all, like we just said, you got a loaded DB room, just crazy don't talent. It. Multiple, <laughs> and I, I don't think he will. I think it's going to be a lot of basic stuff. You know, uh, uh, four two five. I love my DBs against your receivers. I dare you to throw it on us. And, you know, and try to run the ball, I guess. Like, you know what I mean? He, he doesn't have to do nearly as much work when you go to Alabama. The culture set. Nick Saban coaches the corners. Right. <laughs> so, you know, the corners <laughs> handling business and the DBs are handling business. And they, he might get a coaching job out of it. I don't even think he wants one. I think he'll just ride it out. Like, whenever Saban bounces, he'll probably bounce too. And he'll just, he's old. That dude is old. He's at least in his sixties. The Kansas State coach is old. Nah, <laughs> did he retire yet? You gotta, you gotta. Yeah, I think he did. Okay, but you gotta, you gotta really want to to do that. That's a lot of work, man. There's gonna be a lot of expectations on that job, especially when Saban walks away. All right, let's get into the schedule before we make predictions. They start out with Middle Tennessee, week zero, as they would say. Then, then the following week they play Texas all over again. Is that a dub? I'm going with Texas. Again. I'm gonna take Texas. If Quinn stays healthy, if Quinn stayed healthy the first game, hey. that's an easy win. But that was also at Texas. It's a big difference when you're going. Is it neutral? No, this game is in is in Bryant Denny Stadium, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Ah. So that's my one concern about that. Is the Texas atmosphere. ready in yeah. week two to march into Alabama and win a game? That would tell you a lot about Texas. Oh, we're gonna learn a whole lot about Texas. If Texas if Texas walks out of walks out of that stadium with a victory, the expectations are gonna take off. Gotcha. All right. So they're coming to USF. I'm gonna go. I plan on going to that game. I plan on going. Nobody wanna watch that. I wanna see Alabama. I've never seen Alabama play in person. I wanna see it. So as far as losses. Potential who we who you think they could lose to? I could see them losing to Tennessee. Again, yeah, I don't think so. Only reason because right. I think they're going to be so juiced for that game, they're going to be so fired up for that game. It's Alabama again, and they beat them like forty years straight. And then last year, Tennessee beats them in overtime because or Bryce not overtime, like right before overtime. Bryce Young was throwing to himself. Correct. I think I think they're going to be so juiced up, and that game is in Alabama. I don't, I don't think Tennessee can win it, but I do think it should be a good game though, because I'm I'm pretty high on Tennessee this year. All right, you skipped over that at Texas A&M game. You breezing past that? Yeah, Jimbo ain't ready for that. He beat him two years ago. He almost beat him last year. Do you think they beat him this year? It's possible. 
Okay. They have the talent. They have no, the talent I, I to beat them. Is it yes or no? No. All right. Cool. <laughs> I think they lose the, and I think they lose to LSU again. Yes. Really. LSU has definitely has a better team this year. I didn't think okay. they had a better team last year. Okay. But LSU brings back a bulk of that team. Okay. That'll be a good one. Yeah. That's both. So you got them losing two games. Three games. You said Texas, Tennessee, and uh LSU. You got them going nine and three. You you heard it here first. We're at, we're at prediction time, obviously. It's gonna be a lot of murmurs. This your boy on Okay. I'm calling nine and three. I think inexperienced at quarterback. Lack of high level wide receiver play. Okay. And like you mentioned, if the D line doesn't show up, it could be trouble. So they still have a winning season, of course, in Saban. But mm-hmm. this might be one of the down years of Alabama. And I'm calling wow. nine and three, no SEC championship, no playoff berth wow. for the second year in a row. Wow. That's bold. And I slammed my beer down. <laughs> <laughs> I, what say you? I'm going ten and two. 10 and two. I, I'm I'm like you. I'm concerned about the quarterback position. I'm concerned about the wide receivers. I think the defense will be good. I think the O line will be will be really really good too. But if Tennessee can spread you out and make it a shootout like it was before, can you keep up? I don't know. Right. Um, if LSU is as good as we think they are, and you said Mason Smith's back. Oh. Mason Smith's a monster. And Wingo's, Wingo was a monster when Mason Smith went out. Harold Perkins. Like, Harold Perkins, I think, is the best linebacker in the country. They've got, you know, LSU is a talented team. And this is year two. Brian Kelly beat them in year one. He was still figuring out how to get around campus. And in those kind of games, the experienced quarterback wins. And I think Jalen Daniels is a gamer. Yeah. I think he's a gamer. So I can see them losing to LSU. I can see them losing to Texas. But I think that's kind of it. I think maybe those two games, which would be huge because both of those games are home. So losing two games at home would be huge. Okay. Do you see a potential upset? Them being upset Out, by somebody Outside else? of the obvious. Nah. Maybe no. Arkansas? So I actually am up on – I'm high on – I like Arkansas. They got a good team. Really like K.J. Jefferson. They've got a top five running back in Raheem Sanders in the mm-hmm. country. I don't think they'll be able to beat Alabama. Because Alabama can slow the game down. They'll keep it close, and then Alabama will take off. Correct. Win by two or something like that. Correct. Yeah. All right, so you're going 10-2. and two, I'm going 9-3. and three. Uh, no To ed- say Satan is not going to win double-digit games is bold. All good things must come to an end. And he's, he's nearing the end. I, you hate to say it. Like, you hate to say things about LeBron like he's going to play forever and be great forever, and it's, yeah. it's not the case. Okay. Uh, so, no SEC championship for you? No, I guess not. Well, that, they would only have one SEC loss, and I can see LSU tripping up against somebody else and like they did in. before. So, maybe. So, then they'll have three losses because they're going to lose to Georgia. Oh, well, yeah, they're definitely yeah, losing to Georgia. They go. I got Georgia winning it all again. We already did that episode. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. That's the Bama segment. Next week we will have Florida. Yeah, and that, that's it. That will conclude another year of the college football series for us. Man, it's so much fun. I hate that we saved Florida for last. Why? Why? Did, I think it kind of just fell that way. I hate that. It fell. We I should, mean, well, how about we squeeze one more? Because technically, week one is until the first week. The weekend in September. Who would we squeeze? You throw Clemson in. We do a Clemson show. That's even worse. 
worse than Shamesville? No, no, you're right. Yeah, you're come right. on now. Come on now. All right, let's take let's take a quick break. Oh, we can do Oklahoma with Cam. I like Cam. We can bring Cam on. There we, we go. We can do Cam with yeah. Oklahoma. And we beat him, so I'm cool with it. All right, here you go. Let's take a quick break and we'll jump into uh Breeze's best. The Red Lady Rum Punch is Tampa Bay's Rum Punch, a premium blend of rum with island fruit juice and natural flavor. Perfect for any occasion, including just sipping on the beach. To find it near you, visit theredladyrumpunch.com. Shake well, and please drink responsibly. You notice this list, huh? I'm always making lists. Oh. In fact, that's probably why Steven Spielberg cast me as Oscar Schindler, Schindler's List. And I said, Steven... I make lists all the time. And he said, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm always making lists. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I'm looking for. I'm always making lists. What's the list this week, man? It is offensive lines. Who are the top three offensive line groups in the country? Can I take a jab? Go for it. Uh, Michigan. Maybe. They had the best running game last year. Okay. You might um, be in there. You just gave me one, Bama. Did I? <laughs> did I give you one? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But did you, I? You said they might have a, one of the best O lines. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's another one. And I'm going to go Georgia because they're Georgia. Okay. Number one, the Michigan Wolverines. They are the first ever offensive line to win back to back Joe Moore Awards. For those who are listening who doesn't know what that is, mm. the Joe Moore Award is the award that goes to the best offensive line in the country. They won it back-to-back. Back. They're crazy. the first. The f- football, college football has been played for uh, over 100 years. How do you quantify that, though? So they, they, they look at a number of stats. They look at pressures allowed. You can look at sacks allowed. You can look at yards before contact on running backs. You look at some of that stuff, and each player actually gets graded out. So, like, PFF will gotcha. grade out each player. They'll say, here's your pass-blocking grade. Here's your run-blocking grade. Gotcha. Like each player on the line gets two grades, and they'll, for PFF at least, and they'll say, hey, these are the best lines based on the grades that we had. And they, they have some, some deeper analytics and science that kind of goes into it as well. Joe Moore, they're usually looking at, you know, Offensive lines, again, who didn't give up a lot of sacks, a lot, a lot of rushing yards. Um, so Michigan, you know, kind of ran away with it. There were a couple other teams in there, but Michigan kind of ran away with it. So are they are their running backs actually that good? Now, their running backs <laughs> actually are still elite, though. All right. Because I did cool. have them in my top three All running right. back rooms, too. So like, is it the backs or is it the line? It's both. It's a combination of both. I mean, it's both, man. You you look back at their season, the only team that they weren't able to really like, just cash in the running game was Ohio State. Okay. They ran all over everybody else every single week. And even when the starter went out, they still did it. You know, like our man's came on the show. He was like, every time Donovan Evers touched the ball, it was like a 40-yard run. I went back and watched the TCU game. First play of the game, he hit him for like 50. So that offensive line is just crazy. They bring back Zach Zinter, who has been like a consensus All-American. Is he a center? No, he's actually a guard. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Zach Zinter to the center? Actually, I would (laughs) That actually would be, uh, be, be be quite good, but no, he's actually the right guard. He comes back. Some people say he might he's 
is a top five offensive lineman in the country, mm. like regardless of position. Zach Zinner has been – I've seen him on multiple All-American, preseason All-American lists. That kid is legitimate. They brought in two transfers from Stanford. We know Stanford has always got big hogly moglies, you know, the big uglies up front. Only one of them is actually even going to start. One, the other one's going to have to be a backup. Huh. So, you know, they also return two other starters. Their left guard, Trevor Keegan, comes back. The right tackle, Carson Benhart, comes back. Again, it's Michigan. They play a certain brand of ball. One thing you can always bank on, Harbaugh's going to have elite offensive lines. Mm. They might three-peat. That might be the second three-peat I'm calling this season. And they might will them to the playoffs again. They very well may. Okay. They very well may. I mean, they only have two challenging games. And now they're, Harbaugh's not going to miss the first four games, which they were going to lose them anyway. I don't right. know. I, we're not, I'm sure we're not going to get into that tonight. But anyway, yeah. The Michigan offensive line is nasty. It's going to be the number one offensive line in the country. All right. Numero dos. One thing them dogs going to do, they going to bark. The Georgia Bulldogs are coming in at number two for me on offensive lines in the country. They bring back Cedric Van Pran, who, again, same thing. He's on everybody's preseason All-American list. They also bring back Tate Ratledge, who was a starter last year. They bring back Xavier Truss, who was a starter last year. So you bring back three starters from a two-time national championship winning team. You add in an Amarius Mims, who's going to start a tackle. He's actually getting the highest draft projections. <laughs> I mean, he's coveted. We wanted him. And Everybody wants him. So, uh, you know, so you bring back three starters on a championship team, but then the other one of the other guys is actually getting the most draft projections. That just talks about how good that kid is. It also talks about how good the other guys he was playing behind must have been. And it, it also, also talks about how good he is. It also helps that you're going against probably the best D-line every day. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. Because Michael Williams, I think, is about to be – he might be the best pass rusher in the country this year. Remember the name, Michael Williams. Yeah. You'll be hearing that name a lot. Yeah, Georgia's offensive line is going to be nasty, but I think that's also going to be a team that kind of needs it. You got a, a first-time starter quarterback, and you've got some running back, returning running backs, but nobody's been a stud. Right. You don't have a, a surefire, you know, top 10 or top five running back on your roster, so that offensive line is going to need to be elite, and they are going to be elite. Number three, Oregon State Beavers. Huh. Explain. Oregon State's offensive line graded out with the best run, block, run blocking grade in the country last year. It's this the Pac-12. In the country last year. But no other, no other no Pac way. team did it. Oregon didn't do it. USC didn't do it. So they had the number this. three run blocking grade in the country. I'm going to pull up their schedule, but what does this competition play a role? Because, yeah, numbers matter, okay. but at the same time, you have to look at the teams that they're playing. They're playing against Washington, who has a, a first-round uh, D-tackle on their roster. Okay. They're playing against Oregon, who's got one of the better uh, edge guys in the country. He was like 280. The kid is a monster. He's like 6'4", 6'5", 280, playing edge for Oregon. They're playing against... USC, and this year USC brought in Bear Alexander from Georgia. They also brought in another transfer. I'm, I'm blanking on his name at the moment. Oregon State's offensive line was legitimate. 
They also played Fresno State, Montana State, San Jose, San Jose State, and Boise State. I mean, not, oh, and like, Boise that, State is, is supposed uh, to be Stop good. it. Did y'all not? I mean, who doesn't play some cupcakes? I'm saying though, like everybody plays some but cupcakes. You, you could you could take those numbers and add it to the the actual good games that you play and make it make those numbers look a certain so way. So name a name a team that didn't play some cupcakes. Not as many cupcakes though. That's what I'm saying. You only named three. I can name I named four. Is Boise a cupcake? Is that any worse than playing? So like Alabama's gonna play like McNeese State and they play Vanderbilt and they get to play Chattanooga, Tennessee. Like everybody plays a handful of cupcakes. Washington State, California. Everybody those are, those are P five teams. Those are teams in their conference. But so so but Van so is Vandy. I mean, Florida State, we play cupcakes. All right. Right? You play Georgia Tech and you play I think Georgia Tech would have a better de- uh, no, goodness, defensive, no. defensive oh. line than Arizona. Georgia Tech's defense is atrocious. And Bro, all right. Listen, and it, and it, listen. I don't think they belong there, but or, continue. Watch them this year, right? Because I also talked about in my top three storylines was Pac-12 football. I I'll, think Pac-12 is going to have – they have five preseason ranked teams in the Pac-12. Oregon State was one of them. Watch Oregon State's offensive line. Shout out to Colorado. For what? <laughs> Shout out to Prime man. For what? Seven and six They gonna maul through them I don't know if they play them If they do They gonna maul through that, You've been seeing them clips That defense Why? is uh, is hot garbage I'm with you Why are they letting these clips <laughs> out? Like what if, Get the camera from your son bro. I don't know man I don't know uh, Just real quick Notable mentions Alabama Is a notable mention yeah. Obviously we just talked about them Texas I think Texas is going to have a, a top five offensive line. Kelvin Banks isn't draft eligible this season. He's People are already talking about first-round draft pick. Okay. Kelvin Banks is going to be nasty. He's a bookend tackle for them. And then also I'm going to throw in Notre Dame. Notre Dame's offensive line is going to be legit again this Do season. Do we not get any love for Florida State? You, every week you want – you can't get – no. I gave you the love I'm going to give you. There's a stat out there that – I think 10 guys on this offensive line has had, if you combine those 10 guys, they've had, had like 226 starts. One of them played for UTEP. Talk about competition. One of them played for UTEP. It might be a first-round pick. That's G5 ball. He played for UTEP, and he came in, and he's probably our who, best offensive who, line lineman. And you think you're making this list? All right, bro. He played for UTEP. You just wait. You just tried to talk about a Pac-12 right, team wait, schedule. Wait, wait, wait. Who did UTEP play? Pull up UTEP no. schedule. Where did Jared? Where did Jared Verse come from? Oh, we're talking and, about and offensive now, line. No, I'm just saying. I'm making we're talking a about point. offensive I'm line as a, a unit. I'm making a point. Jared we're Verse about as came a from unit. Jared, Jared Verse came from a one double A program, and now he might be the best pass rusher in the nation. We're so talking about do as a unit. I'm just saying. Your best pass rusher was playing G5 ball last year. I mean, your best O-lineman was playing G5 ball last year. And our best D-line was Oregon playing State. G5 ball last year as No, well. he wasn't. The he year was before last. And two then years ago. He, he turned out to be and who he is. But you're trying to argue Oregon State schedule? I'm just saying. But you're going to boost up a kid that played against you who played for Utah? I would have put uh, Bama ahead of them. That's all I'm saying. I think, so, I mean, I think part of it is also just to mix it up. I, sometimes I get tired of talking about all the same stuff. All right, I'm fair enough. Yeah. It's, You're it's contrarian more, anyway. Yeah, you know me. Oh, there it is. I completely understand the, the questions that, that are going to come. I just want to ask you one question. I know that these questions could go on and on each and every day. I just want to ask you one question. Is that a real question? 
What, what you want me to say to that? I just want to ask you one question. Why y'all be so negative? I didn't think about that. I don't know. Last question. I just want to ask you. Well, that's a great question. One question. All right, so they came out with a list of the uh, top player, top five players in college football. It was actually like a, a top 100, but I'm narrowing it down to the top five. And I just wanted to call them out and see if you agreed with them. Okay. All right, so no, coming in at number five, uh, Drake May. Yeah, he's top five player no, in the country. Number four, Harold Perkins. <laughs> yeah. Number three, <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. Number two, Brock Bowers. Okay. And number one, Caleb Williams. Uh, it's hard to take anybody off that list. And I might as well just read uh, six through ten. Right. That's just because that's you want to throw your guys in there. Well, go ahead. <laughs> no. I'm, I know. You, that's why you're no, doing it. You want to throw your guys I'm in there. I'm only reading it to you so I, I could see if you wanted to swap somebody in the top five out with the nah. other guys. Those are the five best players in the country. You got Michael Penix. You got Blake Corm, Jordan Travis, Jarrett Verse, Michael Williams. Blake Corm's not even the best running back on his team. Okay. So <laughs> so they got the top five right. Uh oh yeah, hundred percent. All right. I'm actually surprised Caleb May wasn't number two. Drake May? Uh, Drake May. I'm surprised no. Drake May wasn't number two. Brock should have been in the league freshman year. No, that's true. I'm too. surprised he's not number one. I think Caleb gets a lot of hype because of the accolades, but Brock Bowers also because of the stuff he does and the position he plays. And the, that's also why I thought I would think of Drake May would might be ahead of him. But if you look at talent, like Brock, Brock Bowers belongs where he belongs. Like I give Caleb number one, but Brock Brock Bowers. He's on. He's. I hear you. What did Ant say? I saw him run a slant on the corner. He <laughs> <laughs> took it up the sideline. <laughs> no, dead serious. Like he's like that. No, he really is. No, that top five is pretty legit. I maybe I, number three for Drake May. Have you ever looked at? Have you looked at Harold Perkins' numbers? I haven't. I don't care to look at anything he does right now. Maybe after week one. Harold Perkins had more tackles for loss than Jared Verse, which is bonkers. He, he As did, a linebacker, he did that all against Arkansas. Probably. As a linebacker, though, it doesn't. It again in the SEC West, he the kid is a monster. I'll go watch some tape on him. That kid is nuts, man. I think he only had like one less sack than Jared Verse did as a linebacker. I'm like, bro, what? How many games did he play last year? He played. I think he played the whole season, but he didn't even start to begin the year. He wasn't even a starter week one. No, he's. I'm not gonna knock him, bro. He's that kid is special. That kid is like special for real. Like that's crazy that that cat is. I didn't. I knew he was like outrageously good. Mm. I didn't know. I didn't realize his numbers were that good as a true freshman in the SEC West. And then with some of the players on this list, like the reason why I would keep Brock Bowers where he is because he's done it and done it again. Like we haven't seen. That's true. We haven't seen Harold do it again. We that's haven't true. seen. A lot of people want to give Jared Verse, you know, the best pass rusher label. He has to do it again. Uh, but he did do it. You Caleb can't take another from him, though. I mean, he did it, but sometimes you got to double down. Like That's Marvin true. Harrison, he doubled down on I'm the best receiver <laughs> in college football, and he'll do it again this year because he's, he's, he's like that. Have you ever looked? Have you? I read an article today. Bruce Feldman put out a a tops freaks list. He does a freaks list every off season. Yeah. Did you read the I blurb didn't. about Marvin Harrison? Not yet. I was gonna look when at you it. You get a chance to read that. He had like a like a ten foot plus broad jump. He's different. He's got a he's got a he's got a chef. He's like he doesn't really eat sugar, really. And with something else, he, he cut out like dairy. I'm like, bro, he's nineteen. His, his dad is one of the greatest players no, to ever play true. the position. 
I think it's I think it's amazing to see a kid with that much talent who could be entitled. My right. dad is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I'm elite talent. I'm physically better than y'all. I can just show up and be better than y'all. Right. But he actually is like investing in his body and his work ethic, like LeBron James style. They right. were like they told him like apparently in the offseason, the the SNC coach had to tell him to pull, like slow up, like you're going too hard, you're working out too much, and it's showing. Like, That's crazy. Some of some of the way he contorts his like the, the one catch that you you always see is where he's half his body is out of bounds mm-hmm. and his foot is still like he's he's he shouldn't even play this year. I watched his. I went and watched the the first half of their spring game. It looks like he's jogging at times. I gotta. Go and he's watch just that. wide open. I gotta watch that. Oh my! It's like he's like he's running at like half speed and he's wide open. He ran a drag route. He ended up going for like thirty, and he was like like he was jogging and he just steps out of bounds. <laughs> That's the point of be killing me at the end of a play. He's he just nuts. step out of bounds. Man, that cat is nuts. That cat is ball. I hate that he's at that school, but he's crazy good. Hey, man, the two man weave. We did our thing, man. We did, we we did great, man. I had a great time. You want to talk about some Tampa Bay Buccaneers real quick? How did you feel about that preseason <laughs> game? Before we get um, <laughs> I did watch it. Positives first: the depth in the front seven. I did uh, not think we had front seven depth like that. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. Numbers. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna pr- try to pronounce his name. I, I tweeted about him. Number zero from uh, Mayor, uh, Louisville. Oh, the Diaby. The, the edge, yeah, Diaby. I we, we, we got a steal. We got a steal in him. Kids are start. Yeah, it, we're loaded up front, man. Yeah, the front seven depth was a was a nice revelation. I didn't think we had that. I also felt like the the linebackers, the backup linebackers, played pretty well. So that's that's good to see. And we get Shaq Barrett back mm-hmm. this year. Obviously, we bring back Velveeta Cheese in the middle. He's going to do what he does and dominate people and, and make guys embarrassed to go home to their families. Yeah. You put a Kalaja Kansi next to him when he's ready to roll. Man, like, I think defense that— Defense could be good, man. I think that defense is going to be elite, which I don't want it to be. I don't know about them corners, man. You know how I feel about our corners now. I mean, but then McCullough. McCullough looked real good. Stop it. You didn't like McCullough? He he made a great play on one pass. He also it, had a couple of really good tackles. He came up and hit. I'm he like, also okay. lost contained and gave up a touchdown. He's also he also okay. got beat on the comeback. He's, he's I mean, okay, corners are going to get beat sometimes. Come on, but not beat how he got beat. But oh, come maybe on, I'm You're, you are nitpicky. You uh, are. Is Tampa Bay starting? Oh, 100%. percent. Kyle Trash is just trash. Gator fans, y'all got some expl- chai. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going into depth. You know, the season ain't start yet. This is a college football show. Um, you got anything else? Uh, so, try this in mailbag. Let, right, let's get a couple got? quick ones in. Couple quick ones in. In light of the current devaluation of the position, would you ever let your kid play running back at any level? That's a really good question. I like that one. No, no, can't play running back. No, um, it's physically taxing, and they don't get rewarded for. How much they put on the, I think we talked about this last week How much they put on their Or the week before last mm-hmm. The amount of of the, the amount of carries they get The amount of mileage they put on their bodies It's not worth it okay. And it's just too physically taxing And it's not a reward in the end Okay Alright We might have to double back on this one When Pump is here LSU opened as a minus two and a half favorite Over Florida State does that say more about LSU or Florida State? 
He's actually asked this question like five times, and I've just been keeping it in the tuck. <laughs> okay. He's got another one that's also kind of spicy. Does it say more about Florida, Florida State, State or, or LSU? LSU? The fact that LSU is favored by two and a half. In Orlando, which will seemingly be a homish game for Florida State. I would say, assume it says more about uh, LSU. Okay. Um, they're assuming that they're the better team. They've gotten better since last year. They get, uh, like you said, they get Mason back in the middle. Um, they get their quarterback back first first year head coach to have the kind of season that Brian Kelly did have and to kind of have a bulk of that team come back and then you had a you had a guy who's a five star like uh Denver Harris at yeah. corner he's who uh, you see they might they're going to suspend they're him the not going like, yeah, they're on. not going to suspend him week one. <laughs> What is, what what kind of standard are you setting? I love it because this is a must win game. It's an important game. It's a must win what, game. What, are, what kind of message are you sending to your team? Um, like we you discipline, but we don't discipline that that start. What, what's the word? That sternly. What the message is? Certain games are must wins. So we'll we'll suspend you week two when we play. You know, Swiss Cheese University. And that's how you started cancer. <laughs> it's Brian Kelly. He's always got problems on his team. It's LSU. But yeah, it, they got in a fist fight at practice. Why the kids are spinning in the first place? I don't think you should get suspended over a fight in practice. It happens. Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure they said it because, yeah, it was in relation to a fight in practice. So that's why it's also oh. like, nah. Yeah, yeah, he didn't go out and like you know he's not getting speeding tickets like a yeah, Georgia got, player. You got to get a good fight in in the off season. Oh, they've had like several apparently. Oh. Apparently, it's like a thing. Like they're just going at it. Might not be no team chemistry. Or or uh, who? It was a team recently that was like that, and it was like a whole thing in the off season, and they end up like going to the natty. I forget, I forget who it was because I was reading I was reading an article about it when it came. I was like, man, like what is this about? Oh, the 2019 LSU team. Apparently, they were fighting all the time. Nice. That doesn't spell well for us. Then. Who knew? Well, I mean, I, they're not going to be the 2019 team. Let's, let's not do that. But yeah, they're not going to be that. But yeah, they're in the SEC, and people think they got better. Okay, which is fine with us. Okay, says more about LSU. Okay, cool. And then I'll throw in a, I'll throw in another one. What are your thoughts uh, when an athlete changes their jersey number as often as they change their socks? Do you care about that? I don't care about it. Okay. All right. That was it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, and I, I got another one. I'm saving. I, I was saving for when Pump is back. All right. Okay. Uh, shout out to Chai, man. We got to get him back. Like whenever we have a guy that's missing, I think Chai should be the the, the, the plug. Yeah, he's the he's see. the six man. He, he, you know what? He is. Have he him on is. deck when we're two man weaving it. We bring him in. I, I mean, yeah, I like the two man weave though. This has actually been pretty fun, and yes. I did not think we would go this long. How long? How long did we go? We're over an hour. Nice. I mean, it's us. No, yeah, no, it is. Granted, we didn't argue. Miami sucks. Let's <laughs> argue. <laughs> no argument for me. Three and nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm your one and only Unc Shay. The man to my right is Breeze. Yeah. And it's been another week of the Somebody Said Podcast, the best podcast in the world. Bruh. We out.